Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo across now eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at again episode here and we got the dirty, dirty explorer Chris himself. What? What? Don't have Dixon on uh, call because we got to send him his new microphone. So, Dixon, you got one uh, on the way, so be on the lookout. Did you already send it to him? I did. Very cool. Yeah, I already had it. I just needed to send it out. Yeah, let's uh, but, see how long it takes to get to Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. But looking at it, pretty excited. Well, excited is the wrong word. Pretty angry. <laughs> We're going to talk about a game. So Chris and I were recording the, a bat rap, ran into some, some snags, kind of switching technology, so it's actually not going to be able to be released as a bat rap. Uh, at least we have the first part of kind of turn one, so people can still kind of see what we did and set up. But yeah, since we weren't able to get the rest of the video feed just because of technology, we decided we're going to do an episode on it. Uh, we used to do these deep end episodes pretty frequently. It's been a while since we've done one, but... We are going to dive off the deep end and talk about this um, matchup that we had. And it was a pretty interesting one. It played out really well, and there was definitely some good and bad selections and uh, in-game choice that we'll definitely talk about. Get that fucking smile off your face. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned my lesson going against Brewmaster. Yeah, we'll talk about it, definitely. But before we get into it, make sure that you guys are checking us out on social media. You can look at us on Twitter, Instagram. Definitely also the YouTube channel. We got uh, the video didn't go out, like I said last week, because of the tech stuff, but we'll definitely get something out for people interested in Brewmaster 2, the Moonshiner. That's the next episode come, or next video coming out. Uh, we're getting ever closer to doing our first giveaway of the uh, core box or title box of your choice. Just make sure that you subscribe to the Rage Quit Wire YouTube channel. As soon as we hit 500, we'll go ahead and give away a box. So we're pretty close to it. Uh, make sure that you get in that because as soon as we hit 500, the same day, I'm going to go ahead and do the giveaway. So, and then finally, if you want to support us directly, make sure you check us out on patreon.com slash ragequitwire where you can support us for as little as a doll hair. Also, some news besides just podcast plug. We do have Captain Con coming up. It's in a few weeks, which I'm definitely so both of us are excited. So excited. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Hopefully, everybody's still going to uh, get tickets, uh, definitely still some available, plenty of space for the tournaments. Uh, last episode, I interviewed Jesse, who's running all the Malifaux stuff, uh, some good information on how to sign up. Uh, there has been an update on the COVID policies. Uh, currently, they definitely are going to include masks, uh, so make sure that you bring one of those. It could change, who knows, but currently Rhode Island has that in effect for um, something like a convention like that. And it, it does have the caveat unless you're actively eating or drinking. So I'm, I'm thinking about just carrying a water bottle around. And then if somebody looks at me without a mask, just drinking my water bottle. <laughs> just I'm actively drinking water. 
or get a camel pack and just have the <laughs> just stick the it in my straw mouth on your mouth the entire day. <laughs> that would just be awesome. Hold man. it like a cigar. You're like, ah, ah. You're coming from South Carolina, we're gonna be like, what is this? What is, what is this? <laughs> uh, yeah, no offense to you, blue states, but I like I like my uh, like my red state. But anyways, getting back into it, I did want to just fill you know get that out there because I did see an email about that today and. I know there's going to be a lot of people playing in the Malifaux tournament. So just know you got to bring one um, and just wear it on your, on your face like you do. But this was actually an interesting match that Chris and I played out. And I have been playing a lot of Brewmaster 2. And Chris has also been playing a lot of Ivan. So that's, it's kind of, it was a good matchup because we're both very familiar with our play styles. We're very familiar with most of our crews. There's really not a lot of gotchas when it comes to things anymore as far as how we interact when we play. It's really just, I don't know, just small interactions that end up making the difference. But I did want to kind of just talk about it because it was a really good game and a lot of, I think, good lessons learned in it as well and just things that I've kind of thought over after reflecting the game. So before we get into the details of it, I do want to kind of share just for people what the pool was. That way you can kind of think about what we were um, looking at. And I think at this point, Jesse has uh, released both packets for the uh, Malifaux tournaments. So we actually ended up playing just that because that's usually what Chris and I do when we're looking to go to a tournament. If they have the pool up, we usually just rotate through the pools of the tournament we're going to. So we ended up playing, I think this is round two one. And it's for the main tournament. So it was standard deployment. It has break the line for the uh, for the strategy. And then this pool for all the schemes are research mission, vendetta, catch and release, spread them out, and detonate charges. So this is actually a pretty heavy scheme pool, which was definitely interesting when we played it out. Just kind of think about which crew is probably appropriate to, to bring into the mix. So, Chris, when you saw this pool as an Explorer player, I declared by you, of course. What are your thoughts when you looked at this pool? Like, what were you like, okay, I need to bring this and and maybe think about this? Well, I mean, it's break the line. So, I always like English Ivan. Uh, he's a very, very reliable drop into uh, into break the line because he can, uh, he can control uh, good parts of the board. Well, it, it I think that's one of if you want to call it a weakness of Ivan crews that can kind of avoid him usually do better, but in break the line, the fight's kind of forced. Like, you know, you're going to be there. You've got to be in the middle. You might as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you were thinking Ivan plus of the standard. So that's a good one for him as far as deployment goes. Um, break the line. My go-to that I'm starting to kind of think about dropping a lot is actually brew too. So when I saw this, I was sitting there like, oh, this is like Brewmaster because, I mean, you know, Chris, by this point, almost every model in the crew has two-inch reach. Absolutely. And it is very difficult <laughs> to get around that two-inch reach. I, um, I've, I've had to learn a lot of hard lessons throughout the uh, past many games. Yeah. So the two-inch reach is huge. Uh, also, he wants the fight to be dictated in a certain area. So... That's something else. There's a lot of movement shenanigans, so you can kind of move and push and pull people. So that's something else that was good. 
looking at the pool in in reflection though i think i needed to bring a crew that had more interacting abilities in my mind i was kind of there's an ability on the brewmaster's card it's called drunken clarity where you can basically use an action to have um a, to drop a scheme marker within one inch of the target so in my mind i was like i can use that to maybe score a research mission i can use that to detonate charges but in reflection of it, I was starting to think about like, okay, well, if I do that, I'm taking away from not doing another round or I'm not attacking with a Shiner staff. So I don't know how good that was to put him into a, such a, a heavy scheme pool because he doesn't want to scheme as much. He wants to be doing other things. And I'm already going to be using my actions to interact with the marker anyways. So I don't think that was a great choice just right off the bat picking my master. So in reflection, I was kind of like, yeah, balls. I probably picked the wrong master for it. I mean, but you still gave it a good, you know, college try. I did. And and we'll talk about it as the game progressed. But I think looking at it, definitely crews that have more, um, can more easily kind of interact and scheme and drop. Those are probably the crews you want to think about bringing more um more than anything else and and yeah we'll we'll get into it more detailed but definitely i mean crews like if you can bring somebody like nelly or somebody like lucius they love this pool i think this pool is very good for them absolutely absolutely it is so we declared masters i ended up picking brew you picked ivan so you see i dropped brewmaster too what are your thoughts what are you starting to think about when you're building your list out there chris how much i hate brewmaster too Okay. Well, you said you did a lot of thinking on it. You're like, oh, well, I actually had to bring some tech, and I think I think it worked out pretty well. You want to kind of share what you ended up bringing as far as your list? Yeah, my list ended up being uh, English Ivan and Mordrake, obviously. I brought Gibson and Ava from his uh, Dua crew. I brought Winston out of Keyword. Winston's phenomenal. Um, F that guy. Yeah, I love bringing Winston. He's just great great control of the uh, of the deck and uh, great maneuverability um, great uh, uh, board control as well but uh, I brought mr Nagatoro because if anyone knows Pete you know that he techs against English Ivan by not bringing anything over willpower five so that I can't <laughs> so I can't get any Brock inspectors which is fine but in retaliation of that I'm just going to bring Mr. Nagatoro, who's got a pretty good obey and uh, targets willpower. And, you know, hey, I'll have a, a, a better better flip against uh, whatever I'm going against. Well, and I think also something that helps out just indirectly against Ivan's crew, not Ivan's crew, but Bruce, to Bruce 2's crew, is he does have neurotoxin. So if I get too close with certain models, I can't. No soul stones. Yeah. Can't use soul stones and declare triggers, which is huge. Which is massive, absolutely. Yeah, it, it actually came down to where you had to butterfly jump away. Well, in order it, to do anything. Well, not only that, it just it so happened, and we'll talk about it when we get to t late turn three. You ended up red jokering on the brewmaster for like six damage, and I, I couldn't stone it because I was too close to him. It's true, and you and, you were and you were like, okay, well, I'm stoning that. And I was like, actually, I moved Nagator up there for this reason exactly. And you were like, yeah, well, I wasn't balls. thinking. I wasn't thinking because I wanted to move Brewmaster to trigger um, his barroom brawl to get damage onto a model. 
but in not thinking of him, because honestly, you haven't brought that model a lot against me like ever. So I moved into that three inch bubble and I was like, oh, you know, fuck me, I guess uh, taking six. <laughs> <laughs> and you got the hell out of there. Um, and, then and, and then I made a mistake. I brought Jesse instead of Tannenbaum. I was, uh, I don't know what I was thinking. I meant to bring Tannenbaum, but instead I brought Jesse. So oh, well. Jesse, Jesse, I mean, she wasn't terrible. I mean, she worked for me. She absolutely did. So uh, there were situations where she ended up being a, a good support piece, but uh, definitely not what I would have hoped for. Yeah. So what were you wanting to bring Tannenbaum? What was he going to do for you? Uh, well, I wanted him to be able to interact with the marker and move uh, Ava's... Um, only walker disengage with when you're within two inches i can't remember lock away i believe yeah um to be able to maneuver that marker have you know several different models be able to maneuver markers in order to uh to yeah, lock slide it down. like right in the middle of my crew yeah absolutely um and then i also wanted him um because i mean he's just he's got uh it was ancient wisdom or ancient words eight inch range pretty good you know pretty good attack uh, he's a good he's a good model yeah, and you've also been hiring these random nocturnes. Why do why are you uh, hiring the random nocturne to start the game instead of just summoning? Yeah, so the random nocturne. I mean, I you kind of have to get at least one nocturne. I prefer two nocturnes in the beginning, uh, just for their displacing shot. Um, it if I get the trigger, which is what I'm always going for, uh, they get to move a model three and then drop a uh, shadow marker, which then sets me up for all my future activations. Well, I think they're also just really fast and able to go get things for you. So if you need them to score, spread them out, or if you need them to go get that random strap marker and push it uh, down the field, I think they're really good for that just because how fast they are. Absolutely. Yeah. Six, three, six, one is a pretty good stat lineup. Yeah. Those, those defense six on those shadow, you know. All um, those shadow ones are defense six, and you're just like, what the hell, man? Why? Well, I think I, I think it's because I keep bringing stuff that doesn't attack their willpower when it's like, oh, you want to bring something that can attack their willpower. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, so I ended up bringing, uh, and you ended up bringing, sorry, Ivan won, so you didn't bring the title on that. I ended up bringing the title Moonshiner for Brewmaster. Uh, of course, you get Apprentice Wesley with that. Uh, then you bring the Whiskey Golem. I brought three fermented river monks, and I put two of them had the uh, 12 cups of coffee upgrade. That's kind of uh, standard. And you would include a third cup of 12 cups of coffee if you could. Yeah, I think in certain matchups, though, I might drop a monk to, like, bring something else. But, yeah, you definitely want at least two with 12 cups because it's just so good. Um, I ended up bringing Shoujo as well. She's just great for controlling initiative. Um, there's not many turns you're not going to get initiative with Shoujo. I did figure out in our game that her trade secrets also applies during the end of your enemies' models activations. So you can just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you ended uh, an activation. I'm going to reduce her poison by three to gain fast token. Sweet. Yeah, I, st I mean, you kind of still just, it's unbelievable how much poison you can get on her with Moonshiner. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely talk about the turn one here in a minute because that's where you really got to make sure you're setting up. Um, so after Shoujo, I also brought um, the Lucky Emissary. And that was actually, that's probably the mis the biggest mistake I think I made in my list selection besides just bringing Brewmaster against Ivan. Um, with 
a standard deployment, we had a couple impassable objects like houses. Then we had the markers, which you can't go through. And just, I knew, I should have known it was going to be cluttered up in the middle. That That's where it was all going to be happening. And there wasn't really a great spot for the lucky emissary to just bulldoze and take out a crap ton of shadow markers. Uh, I probably would have been better served bringing a gluttony or bringing something else that could remove markers. Uh, maybe I could have bring, brought pear and blown it to hell. That's another option. But yeah, I, I, I think I could have saved probably about four stones there and brought something that did a similar effect and it wouldn't have cluttered up my board. And, and it was kind of a waste of 10 stones. It really didn't do much the whole game. Yeah, I think gluttony would have been a much better tech piece against uh, against me in that matchup because of all the impassable terrain. Yeah, gluttony wouldn't have been bad. Um, pair can uh, blow it to hell with your destructible uh, terrain markers, so your concealment markers, your shadow markers. There we go. So that would have been okay. Um, so yeah, I just I, I needed to think more about the matchup once I got in there um, and thinking about how and the board how the emissary would actually move around so um yeah that was definitely something that i needed to rethink looking at our lists what did you decide to bring for your schemes uh well research mission when it comes to english ivan is almost a no-brainer just the ability to get out a couple turns though you did you did well only because you're so Brewmaster too, he's so good when it comes to controlling the board because you just you can't just dig down and go engage you because all you'll do is at the end of every activation, you'll move to a point of damage and you'll just kill any model I put near you. Yep. Um, so with Break the Line and uh, English Ivan's uh, you know, Shadow Markers, Ski Markers, English Ivan has a cool ability where at the end of his activation, he can pick any Shadow Marker um it actually i think it's any shadow marker or scheme marker yeah i think you can switch yeah, out one can or the other either or and then switch them out to be the other so he's super easy to score research mission okay and then what was the second one that you decided to bring and then i brought spread them out uh just because i knew that i would be able to control my board half pretty pretty easily so just oh. getting over the line and dropping those schemes uh would have been just a cakewalk yeah, I think spread them out is kind of tough into this pool a little bit, though, just because, yeah, you're going to be fighting probably on the enemy's half, but there's also, it's just one of those things where you have to interact so much to get your points that I don't know if late in the game how many interaction abilities you're going to have or capabilities or opportunities you're going to have to do spread them out. So I actually didn't take spread them out because of that. Cause I, I was just thinking about it like, man, I don't know if I'll have enough interactions to get the strat markers across and to do research mission, which I also took and do spread them out. So I was just, yeah, I didn't take it. Cause I was just like, man, that's, I don't think I can do that as a brewmaster, but you, um, you have some more things that are capable of interacting. Like you have summons that can interact once, they're done uh, one, the next turn, right? So that helps you out a lot. Um, I ended up taking detonate charges as my second one, which I actually like detonate charges into Brewmaster because like I said, he has the ability to just drunken clarity, reduce the target's poison condition by two 
and drop a scheme marker within one. That's not friendly. So if you had like two poison on your stuff, Chris, I can just be like, hey, I'm going to reduce your poison by two. Go ahead and drop a scheme marker. Ah, okay. So that that helps with detonate charges. I don't, I don't think you want to do that more than once per turn. So I think you almost, I, that's why I like detonate charges better because you can drop a random scheme marker and then wait till Brewmaster to go and then boom, go ahead and drop, you know, with Drunken Clarity, uh, another scheme marker that can set that up. So I think that's kind of a cool ability. I don't think you want to do it more than once per turn, though, just because his activation is important for getting the crew going. His activation is a necessity for getting the crew going. Yeah. So and we'll go ahead and get into it then, Chris. So we kind of laid it out that way. We did have our, and I'll talk about, I didn't have counter tech besides the emissary, but I do, and I was talking with somebody about this crew selection against Ivan, and there is basically this thing like, do you bring willpower five models and down to avoid the Brock inspector, or do you just say F it because some of your really good models are going to be willpower six? So you've seen it both ways. When do you think it works out better for the for your opponent when they make it where you can't hire a Brock Inspector or just say F it, just I don't care if he gets it? I don't have a good answer for that. Why? <laughs> I mean, it's completely situational. So, Well, I will say I've there's been a it's couple hard. games. It's hard. It's very hard against you uh, with your fermented river monks where I shoot you and I you know, pop out a nocturne and it's just like, well, whoop do do type Well, thing. I think the problem that I have with a lot of my crews, so this is with Brewmaster, this is with, if I bring Ulix, uh, even to some extent, um, if I decide to bring Whizbang or something like that, any crew where it's going to be healing, Brock Inspectors make it where it just shuts that off because they don't just summon, they summon right in the middle of your crew. Yep, and, and it's a three-inch bubble. Yeah, is it three or is it two? Well, it's three from them, so it's pretty big. Yeah, and they're like a, are they a 40 or 50 mil base? They're 40. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a pretty big area of just like, oh, you can't heal now, go go get wrecked. There really is this question about, like, willpower six versus willpower five, and I I don't, because I, I've definitely played this match against you before, and each time I talk with a couple people on the Discord server, and they're like, well, you didn't bring fingers, which not bringing fingers for Brewmaster sucks because then you're not drawing cards. Yeah, you don't have a lot of card draw, exactly. So you're kind of just hard with cards, which definitely has sucked, especially in the game we played. But it's um, it's so bad to not be able to heal that I I just, I don't know. I In my head, I think it's worth the gamble and then just don't, don't bring Brewmaster into Explorers. <laughs> I guess that's what you do. You just bring something like Zip or Maw where... They're still drawing cards, but they're low willpower, and they can get. Yeah, it's so them. disappointing. Zip is such a good crew when it comes to being versus Ivan. Yep. So we'll go ahead and get into it, though. So looking at turn one, um, I'll go through kind of my unpacking and what I was trying to do, and then you can kind of do the same there, Chris. So um, I basically ended up deploying everything in a bubble except for the emissary. My plan was the emissary was just going to scream down, go push the marker and then kind of rejoin the fight. Um, so I did that, but then setting up Brewmaster, the whole the whole shtick with Brewmaster is really to get as much poison out as early as possible, and then just kind of the whole crew runs off of poison as a resource, 
whether it's the extra movement through tipsy slide, doing um, damage with the barroom brawl when it moves within an inch of an enemy opponent or an enemy model. And then finally, uh, the monks can reduce their poison to do extra damage and then to also prevent damage. So you, you really want to do as much poison as you can and you want to stack up poison turn one on shoujo because she doesn't benefit from the hazardous terrain that you're going to put out with um with open the gourd so you really have to turn one do and even consistently throughout the game do a couple of have a drinks on um on her just to build up her poison so you can later get pass tokens to control the game so this game, I ended up doing that. Uh, activated Shoujo first, really just to get some poison out. I tend to put a activate her first and put a scheme marker down. That way, when I do another round for the first time, I can hopefully get a ram to get a pass token. Or not a pass token, but a, uh, a soul stone. So I go with her first. I do that, and that's pretty much it there. Um, Brewmaster, definitely his whole activation is basically put out open the gourd once, twice if you see the opportunity um and then do three of another round so another round for those of you who don't know is basically just a shockwave two that puts out poison and you can choose to fail it so basically by the end of brewmaster's turn not only should he have roughly about what's that three so that's six that's nine um I mean, so roughly he should have like nine poison stacked on him at least, if not more, um, depending on triggers and everything else. Because now every time that he's doing an action to get poison out with another round to his whole crew, he's also getting it just for doing the action. So he does it with the action, gets two from the action. So it's just builds up a crap ton of poison. And if you recall, Chris... I did Black Joker one of the another rounds oh, no, on I turn know. one. Yeah, I was about to and, say that. Got to watch out yeah, for that. Yeah, well, it, it could be worse, though, because there was another game where I Black Joker opened the gourd turn one, and that just made it worse. It did not go. <laughs> um, so it wasn't that bad, but definitely missing out on, what, 10 poison on five different models or 12 poison on six, whatever it was, definitely... I mean, it was it, big. Yeah, no, it was big. Yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't devastating. It was just like, now I got to spend extra actions to try and make that up. So I think because of that, my bubble wasn't as far up the board as I usually like to be. Um, I think if you notice, Chris, I pretty much, I was kind of back a little bit. I didn't advance too much. So um, yeah, basically that my whole first turn was just setting that up and um, positioning, getting ready to move markers turn two and start trying to set up my schemes for turn two. So that, that, that was my turn one. What were you trying to do, Chris? Yeah. So with English Ivan, I usually unpack my turn one pretty, uh, pretty standardly. Um, I use a nocturne to displace a couple models up, put out some shadow markers. Then I use Gibson to do an anti-luminal bridge with his, these dark delights. And then I get some, uh, Distracted out on all my Dua models. Um, it was distracted, you know, hopefully I'll get three out uh, on everybody, or not everybody, but on, you know, uh, uh, a few of the models. And then English Ivan, hopefully I'll get four all on him with failing with more Drake and failing with Ivan. Um, and then 
chromatic aberration if I try to uh, to do that on Ivan, you know, get an extra uh, extra uh, one on him. But uh, my my standard one unpack is just moving everyone up the board positionally, getting a bunch of uh, shadow markers out and uh, trying to to rig my hands um, to have a good turn two. Yeah, and I think the big thing about turn one for Ivan players is if you can, setting up the bridge to make movement, you know, a little easier is definitely good. But I, I think also trying to get shadow markers on the board, but also up the board as soon as possible, because as soon as people start threatening Ivan, you can reduce the damage to zero by just removing one of those uh, scheme markers. So that's Absolutely. definitely definitely good. Yeah, and Ivan with his... Uh... He can, um, if you get the triggers right, he can put out just a ton of those uh, shadow markers. But preferably, I mean, you know, your opponent moves up the board, hopefully, you know, trying to get uh, the upper hand, and then you could just anti-luminal bridge Ivan up, take a couple of shots, pot shots at whatever model that was that foolishly moved up. Get out a yeah, good model. Yeah, That's kind of my problem with Willpower 6 against Ivan is – like usually when you see a problem like that where you're like oh i can't like if i bring this it's kind of a weakness and i i got to be careful with it but the problem is when you bring a willpower six model against ivan he can hunt it down like ivan's, ivan's not got a have... lot of maneuverability absolutely <laughs> well, well and it's like it doesn't matter if you're in concealment because he likes that it doesn't matter if Basically, you would have to hide in either behind a building where he can't get to you somehow. And even then, I'm not sure that that's possible because <laughs> especially if you bring something like Winston and you're doing your shadow marker leaping crap and you set up a bridge. I don't know if that's possible except for in like corner. And yeah, that's why if you bring a willpower six, you just have to think that you're getting a Brock inspector in your face. Uh, willpower seven can be dicey because if you have a 13, I can just be screwed out of an action. But I mean, how many 13s are you going to have in your hand? Hey, you know, uh, I foolishly moved Ivan up the board too far against Brandon in that one tournament and he kicked my ass. <laughs> full advantage of that. He was like, oh, Ooh. hey, free Fool me once. Yep. Fool me Won't twice. What happened again, Brandon? Get wrecked. Um, yeah, so definitely as I continue to play games against Ivan, you almost have to just try to provide like not the best options. Uh, I think the only good option I gave you to summon off of uh, turn one was what a, a, a monk. So you could yeah. hire. No, I got a nocturne. Which yeah, you yeah, a little nocturne. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the old golem went up and smacked it. <laughs> But I, I mean, I guess that's consolidated. You know, it's not a. It wasn't great. It's like okay, I got this little thing out of the way. But I mean, it well, I was hoping that you'd have to waste more than one action to take it out. But no, nocturnes are not very, very good. No, they're not. Turns out, yeah. So it, it's just because the funny thing about the whiskey golem is it's super good, right? But it's even better because you're charging and you reduce your poison by one, and then I think I've flipped i don't know you how got moderate pot. yeah you got moderate. yeah because they only have what five boxes yeah and you got four damage and i was like okay well that's it <laughs> there it is so 
turn one really was just set up for both of us. Um, I think we both were kind of staring at each other almost in like no man's land. Turn two definitely was interesting. Um, I, I can't remember. Was it Ivan that freaking like pretty much one-shotted one of my monks? Well, it wasn't one-shotted. You know what I'm saying, though. Like, you flipped a, a, you flipped a, yeah, but you flipped a red joker on it to smoke it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice. Yeah, and that's one thing that was definitely frustrating. Like, I I know I was, because I, I didn't bring fingers, I made that choice. So I was struggling to get cards, and... I drew hot. I drew yeah, very... Well, yeah, you drew hot, but also you're just filtering through a lot of cards because you have Finnegan where you can filter through it. Um I don't know. Is there any? Was there anything else you brought that really filtered or drew you cards? I don't think so. No, think not was, a lot. No. I think it was just Finnegan. Yeah. But I mean, that's how I knew your hand had to be pretty and, good. And then Gibson has, you know, his surge draw card. Oh uh, yeah, and he has tools for the job as well. But that's how I knew that your hand had to be pretty good because you weren't even activating like Winston looking for cards. So I'm just sitting here like, yeah, he's already got yeah. the cards. This is not good. I'm this is not at, good. Yeah. I'm looking at trash in my hand. I, I drew the black Joker that second turn. So I, I had no fear at all when it came to. Yeah, the, that feels good. Yeah. Flipping bad. Um, it was phenomenal. Yeah. So besides actually besides losing that monk turn two, I actually felt pretty good in the middle of the board. I ended up having both the middle scheme markers or strap markers, sorry, up. So, I mean, I was, I already had them up the board, it kind of on your side. Um, I already had one on the flank and the other one was just neutral and it was, you really struggled to get over there. And I was what also- was that? Yeah, it's turn three where I had to like hail Mary yeah. and get over there. I needed this to happen and it happened and it just worked out. Yeah, and turn two, I felt pretty good. I was starting to get some damage on models. I was starting to do, you know, the move, take a point of damage, move, take a point of damage. Um, and I also set up research mission turn two, so I was getting ready to score that. So, I mean, I, I felt pretty good at turn two. I, I think it was still pretty neutral, but I was feeling as far well, as how cards were flipping good. Well, turn two's lock away, that marker that I put, like, right in between our two crews to where you couldn't do any, you couldn't get the golem in there. You couldn't really do much. That really uh, threw you off. You were like, well, what, what do I do now type of thing? Um, I, I've, you've thrown that in my face before where, I mean, I had to deal with it, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't something that I was like pissed off about because I was just like, okay, I just need to kind of get around this a little bit. Um, the thing that did that I noticed that Ivan has that really started pissing me off though, is the fact that you can put out staggered and I'm, I can't remember which of your models put it out, but you have a Mordrake. few model. Yeah, it's Mordrake. Mordrake's one of them. Yeah. I thought also do the Davis. I think the Davis might have it too. Uh, I'm not sure. Let me look. No, I don't. Oh yeah. Yep. Shadow. Pin. Yep. 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 Shadow pin. So yeah, you have a couple of models that put it out. So you you were pinpointing. I had two like, of your models with staggered. Yeah, basically it was yeah. a monk and a whiskey golem that. And you just, couldn't do anything at the end phase. It was phenomenal. Well, not only that, but there's there's a period when you do your first um, another round where you actually act like you take damage from you know the end phase for poison. So that actually triggers your your um your tipsy slide. So in my mind, I was like, okay, I can push away from that thing. And I was like, oh, no, never mind. I can't. I'm staggered. Oh, um, no. 
because staggered, you can't move using other actions or abilities from other models. Yep. So since tipsy slide is brewmaster's ability, my monk and my um, whiskey golem both couldn't do anything. They just sat there while everybody else is having a party and sliding around. Yeah, it really, it gave me the ability to kind of ignore the whiskey golem for yeah, a which turn sucked. and a half, which was phenomenal. Yeah, it really made it where the whiskey golem didn't start getting uh, relevant until middle of turn three. Yep. Um, and usually, because he's going to be one of the targets for open the gourd, usually you want him in the mix. So anything your opponent's doing, they're taking poison. And then that's going to trigger beer goggles, and that's going to trigger you know damage and tipsy slide and stuff like that. So definitely was it was a good play. The the stagger definitely was a good play. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't just move the whiskey golem just to be in the middle of everything. Even though that's the only thing you could have done is just walk, walk, just got into the middle of everything and just been like, "Fuck you, deal with the hazardous poison one train." Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, that's. Because I think, Sierra, what did I end up doing with it? I think I did that with the Whiskey Golem. I well, just you think moved he was... to the right, and then you took out um, the Nocturne or the Deva that was over there, and then you came in from the side. Maybe. Oh, yeah, you're right. So probably when I did the Tipsy Slide to move the Deva away, then I should have just used that to free up the whiskey golem and just move them up into the mix. Yeah, and just sat. I mean, even though you didn't get any type of, you know, decent activation with them, it still would have been pretty hampering with the hazardous terrain. Yeah, I mean, I could have used the bonus to walk, and then I could have walked and then charged something. So I would have gotten one swing on something. Because you got to think that whiskey golem in the middle with that hazardous terrain poison. Any model that does anything, they only really get one attack. And then after that, everything's at a negative. Yeah, to discard cards, yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, and the only thing I was thinking, and this is just kind of goes back to kind of the good pick here, is that with the Obey from Mr. Nagatoro, I think if I did that, I think that you just Obey and make the Whiskey all walk backwards or charge backwards or whatever. It's true. So... But it forces your hand, and that's the thing with the Whiskey me, yeah, Golem. Exactly. The Whiskey Golem is there just to be a problem, live as long as possible, and try to take things out. Which and is, then when it does, excels at. It's, yes. He's phenomenal at doing <laughs> he's very all good of at doing those that. things. Turn three is kind of where things started getting hairy for me, and bad decisions were made even further. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. I remember now how you killed the uh, the first monk. Um, if you recall, it was an obey, yeah. It was an obey with Mr. Nagatoro, and you're like, I'm gonna use this focus, and I'm gonna use your chi, and I'm gonna go ahead and reduce the poison. Pow! Pow! (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, that's how that died. That was where I started getting pissy. Well, it was the second obey where I charged it, or what, yeah, I charged in and did an immediate point of damage or something like that, and I just killed you. I was like, it's smarter for me just to kill you. Yeah, for sure. Looking at kind of moving to the middle rounds here, there were a couple of important moments that it wasn't just the cards. I mean, I I know a lot of people like complain about cards, but I actually think there were a lot of decisions made, especially turn three and going into four that really decided this thing. I think you moving Mr. Nagatoro into the mix was really smart just because of the ability not to use soul stones. 
So for models for me, like Brewmaster, and actually he's the only one, um, but triggers as well. So I well, I did that to ignore the stupid trigger where you put you're putting poison out with everyone or against everyone with uh, the whiskey gallum. Yeah. Whenever I hit you and you get a mask or something like that, yeah. you get to put poison out on every model within two. It's like, yep. are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's why I moved him up there. I was like, as long as I get the whiskey gallum, I'm good. The the yeah, brewmaster was just a bonus. Yeah, the well, the brewmaster started taking damage, and I, I kind of this brewmaster is very interesting to me because he does want to be in the mix and he does want to be attacked because you want to trigger the butterfly jump to then trigger barroom brawl, but he's not super hard to take out. He's he's only got what ten hit boxes. Let me check. Uh, right. I think he might have twelve. Real, I'll check real quick. I think he. I don't know. I think he might only have ten. Oh, he's got eleven. We're you know split the we'll difference. Average that out. Split the difference. So, I mean, butterfly jump will save you. But the point is, I mean, Ivan has a crap ton of range where that doesn't really matter. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting on your response. I'm like, well, and we also had that really interesting uh, potential interaction. It really didn't happen, but uh, the drunken Kung Fu versus Winston's, um, what is it? Luck thief or something like that. Uh, no, it's like unfortunate or I can't remember what it's called. It's uh no, it's luck thief. We have one performing okay. pose duels, damage flips, or sorry, when performing opposed duels and damage flips against this model, enemy models treat all positives as if they were negatives. So it's like the drunken kung, kung fu. It's like, do I do this, 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 this? Yeah, and this? I think you've, I think you found a chart where it shows that you modify the attackers, yeah, you, uh, pluses and minuses first, and then you do the defenders exactly. So I think, and this is where I start getting. I mean, I was starting to get salty, but it didn't matter because I flipped two severes. But I was just starting to get a little pissy because I was just like, this fucking model. This fucking and, model's never going to die. Well, not only that, that was turn four where I was getting pissed that he wouldn't die. But the other thing, turn three, is I thought I had the middle locked down, right? Because I had, at that point, the Whiskey Golem. You had everything mask, in the middle. And a Monk and Shoujo. Yeah. And I had so much two-inch like coverage. And then you dropped the bomb of like, oh, by the way, Winston has Don't Mind Me. Yeah, so does like, so does Ava. Both of them have don't mind me, and you're just yeah, like, and I'm what the hell am I doing here? What am I doing? I started feeling that way. I'm just like, then this is this is all just a terrible strategy. Like I just <laughs> this is a terrible idea. I had ideas of why I was doing this to lock you down, and it's just weird because I've never seen Winston that far in the fight. So I don't think when you and I have played before with him, it's really come up the whole don't mind me thing. Um, yeah, Winston so does I, not like to get in the middle. Absolutely yeah. not. Winston well, yeah, but he's hard to kill. Stays back. <laughs> because he's mobile. You don't get positives. Apparently, he heals if you whiff. That really got me pissed yeah, off. Yeah, that got I was you like, really pissed off. I was like, like, oh, I'm going to go do a couple punches. with I think you thing, healed me at one point. You were like, oh, well, fuck I, this. I went I'm going to heal him anyways. I'm going to heal him all the way. And this is you ended up killing Brewmaster turn three. There was just... There was too much range damage, and I just I couldn't prevent it. And then there was the Red Joker that I couldn't Soulstone, which I wouldn't have. I think I only reduced it by one with the next tag, anyways. But so I was already getting a little pissed off by that, and I actually sat there for a minute. And you were like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm just thinking. Just give me a second. <laughs> and I told you later I was thinking whether I was going to keep playing. Yeah, I know. But I was actually 
the board was set up okay where I was like, I can still score. So this isn't over yet. It sucks because now my crew doesn't do like half the things it does, but it's still okay. But then I went in with the, um, the whiskey golem on the Winston. I didn't have a good hand. It was okay. And you drew apparently a godlike hand with like a red joker and a couple severes and some shit. <laughs> it was good. Yes. And <laughs> so I went in and you flipped past me and then I avoided like, every single one of those attacks. It was awesome. And you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to heal too now. So you were almost healed up to full and you're like, oh no, at this point, screw it. I don't care. I ended up doing the whiskey golf's bonus <laughs> action to pee, you know, beer in your mouth. So you healed back <laughs> to full. Worth, it was totally worth it. It was awesome. Like I'm, I'm just gonna make this the best for you because apparently it's your game. Apparently it's your game. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I got uh, I got really lucky with the card, you know, with the drawing of my hand. You know, Winston being able to draw seven, you know, cards with Arcane Reservoir is just it's just phenomenal. I mean, Winston's almost an auto include, you know, and any keyword. Yeah, and um, you want to talk real quick? There was a really good play that you had with there was a strategy marker out on your right flank that you didn't have like anything by except for Jesse. Yeah. So you and Jesse wasn't even really by it. She Jessie wasn't going to was get too to far it. out. So, so what I had to do. Yeah. I was going to say, go ahead and talk through how you had to kind of fandango to get yourself over there. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty nice. I had to, um, to shoot more Drake and not do too much damage and get a trigger that I needed in order to pull him out of your uh engagement and out of your bonus uh your 12 cups of coffee in yep. order for him to shade step to be able to walk to interact with that strategy marker and i was able to do it um it was it's a pretty cool play um it just took more drake completely out of every part of you know being in that fight but it put him in a perfect position just to run that strategy marker up the board yeah, it worked out really well. And I and then that was turn we got into turn four where I was starting to get salty about Finnegan and shit. And at that point, especially since we figured out well, I figured out he didn't he had don't mind me, and you still had Ivan and you still had Nagatoro. You still I, the only thing that I ended up killing that of importance was I did get uh, uh what the heck's his name? The old DeWalt Gibson. You got Gibson, yeah, you got Gibson. Because I was like, I'm going to kill him so you can stop healing Ivan and I'll see if I can get lucky and kill Ivan. But Brewmaster died right after that. Yeah, like immediately um, right after that. Yeah. So it really was kind of starting to fall apart a little bit in the middle. I mean, I still had the Emissary. I still had the um, still had the Whiskey Golem up. I still had uh, two Monks. Um, you had I think one I, without an upgrade and one with yeah. an upgrade. Yep. Um, so it was, it wasn't too bad. The only thing was I just, the one monk with the upgrade, I really mispositioned. Yeah. He was um, way off to the side. Yeah. I should have had him closer to the center and then had the one without the upgrade over there. Um, that was just something once he got there, I couldn't change it. It was just, he was there until he wasn't. Um, and by that time things were already developed kind of out of the middle, but it, it was an interesting game. It ended up kind of by the time we called it at turn four, just because I was definitely getting, you know, off tilt, is I ended up scoring two for the uh, strategy. Basically, I didn't have the ability to manipulate anything further, whereas you were going to go with Ava and flip the one that I had 
over onto my side, and then you were going to use more Drake just to push the ball further up on the other side. Yeah, I was getting um, all all the strategy points. So yeah, you were going to score all four. I got two, and then I got a point for research. I wasn't going to get the other point for that. I don't believe because that's just um, three or four. Yeah, no, 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 that wasn't happening. Well, with research, you you actually probably could have pulled off that second point with research because the amount of uh, shadow markers that I had in the middle of everything, just an amount, it was an amalgamation of like all different types of markers. Yeah, I think the key there would be if I had enough models alive that mattered. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I think I would. Yeah, I think you would have. You you would have had the whiskey golem and uh, the emissary. I mean, so it would have behooved you not. To rampage and take out all those markers in the middle to get that yeah. second point. I mean, at that point, I wasn't going to anyways. Um, but and then I would have got one for detonate charges. So I mean, I end I end the game there okay. I mean, I think I probably would end it with four or five, whereas you ended up with seven or eight just because once that initial turn three brewmaster death you know knell happened, um, it gave you an up on to control the board and not worry about all the damage and crap coming out. Yeah, absolutely. I had complete, almost complete control of the board, you know, with the exception of the Whiskey Golem and the Emissary just kind of fucking up the middle right there. Yeah. But I can keep them and, you know, engaged enough to where they're not going to be that big of a deal. Well, and I think Mr. Nagatoro at that point is going to be great late game because anything I try to start scoring, you can just try to obey to maybe bulldoze, exactly. yeah. you know, my Emissary or charge something with the Whiskey Golem. So I think... I think that was a great pick there. Yeah, I like uh, I like Nagatoro. He is a phenomenal model. Well, especially when you know, like Bayou, it's like okay. Well, I mean, it's even if they bring their best pieces, they're still going to be low willpower shit. I can obey. Yeah. So, it, but it's going to be tough because you always have to go into that battle with: is the opponent going to bring low willpower stuff? Uh, you, I know you're going to because. You just don't want to give me any Brock Inspectors, which is incredibly smart. I mean, Brock Inspectors are a phenomenal piece. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I think there's certain crews that can work better around them than others. I mean, I could bring something like Ophelia and just if you drop a Brock Inspector in my line, I just kill it. But I don't even like that, though, because then I'm wasting so many actions to deal with this free model. So I'd rather see the little ones maybe throw one or two attacks or just fucking ignore them, you know, just be like, ah, whatever, I'm just going. And I'd rather do that than sit there and deal with a terrifying non-healing shadow in my face, unless unless you pay for it, because then I, I actually like the way I do it, because now I'm sitting here saying that, and it, now it's a question in your list building of you have to think, do I need a Brock Inspector? Because now you have to hire it if you want to bring it most of the time i mean there might be random games where i do bring a willpower six but i mean those are far and few between in my book yeah brock inspectors are phenomenal models but you know i mean the game can be won using davis and nocturnes that's not that I big think, of a deal yeah and ivan's just good he's solid you gotta have a good game plan for him um i don't love brewmaster two into ivan um yeah i wouldn't drop brewmaster two into ivan just because I think the staggered is probably the biggest problem that I didn't expect. Um, we've played it a couple of times now and I've noticed it being a problem, but you're starting to get to the point 
where you're putting it on important models and it's like, okay, well now this is just a real big problem. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to get it on the whiskey gallon, like hands down, you just have to get it on the whiskey gallon. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it, it just really, it, it gives you time as the Ivan player to set up and pick apart where you want to and get your, you know, shadow markers down, start scoring your points. So I definitely think that's good. I mean, that's, that's probably good against any beater that you want to just keep back. I mean, slowing them down to movements pretty good. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of talk in the bayou of what you drop in Ivan. Um, I think I've got it narrowed down just to either Ophelia, Ma, or Zip. I think those are kind of my three. Yeah, Zip's, like, yeah Zip's probably your best drop. Well, and it's funny because I was talking with a couple people on Discord, and uh, I think it was one of the New Zealand guys I was talking to where he was like, I heard Zip was bad into uh, into Ivan. And I had to explain to him, like, well, you're already giving up concealment with the shadow markers, so it's not like you're giving them double concealment. You're, just getting, you're giving them the ability to not have to worry about placement, you know, when it comes to more Drake or Nocturne, kind of getting in the way of the shot so that you get that concealment. You're kind of giving them concealment anyways, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's going to... An English... An Ivan player who knows what they're doing is going to get a concealment shot every time. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where... And with Zip, it's almost like, you know, okay, well... Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Zip. Maybe if the, you know, my opponent played Zip a different way than you do, but you know Maybe. how to counter Ivan, and it just... It's very difficult to drop Ivan into Zip. Yeah, and I think that's just because with when you see Zip, and I think this is anybody who has a master who wants to be like in, they want to be in with their crew, right? They don't want to get separated from the herd. Uh, I think when you see Zip, you have to be very cautious because, I mean, he has a 10-inch threat range just for his charge. Just and, his charge. Yeah. One action. Yep. And that's One. not counting. That that's not counting fly with me, which his crew has access to. That's not counting bow peep, which is a three inch push and you know a, a slingshot if you want to use it with her whip. Yeah, and so, he's got reposition on that charge, so yeah. he can reposition with you in that placement and then attack you again. And then... well, he places you three inches away. Yep. And then he has a trigger with a mask where he then pushes you another three, and then he goes base to base with you. Yeah. So it's a huge reposition. So basically he just kidnaps what you love and then him and his crew just beat the crap out of you. And yep. I mean, Chris is also not a fan of the first mate. So he's always trying to figure out how to deal with that nonsense. First mate is too good. And he's, it's anyone who's listening to this podcast. I will gladly argue that he is too good and come on, come up with, some type of argument where he's not too good. Well, I think it was just funny because in the game we played Ivan versus Zip, the first mate, I mean, you were, you were doing some work to him and made it where the first mate had to kind of retreat a little bit, but then you just decided to dig in and have like two and three models just trying to chase him down. Yeah. I shouldn't have, I should have just like, all right, you're, you're dipping out with first mate. Let's do this. Yeah. And I think that's, I think as a first mate player, you have to kind of, He's not invincible. Like you can ping him for damage and you can, you know, get a couple damage in here and there, but yeah, then he's going to butterfly and leap away. So as the first mate player, you really have to get to a point where 
you have to feel like, okay, he's starting to dive deep. I need to bounce out and make him spend more resources if he's going to dedicate to this. I don't like the first mate. Uh, no, you don't. He is too good, especially with 12 cups of coffee. It needs to be on 12 oh, no, cups it's, of coffee. It's ghillie suit. Oh, yeah, no, yeah you're right. Two, yeah, two gremlins on a ghillie suit. He, it needs to be, that upgrade needs to be all models except the first mate. <laughs> So I mean, I, seriously, no charge. He's got a butterfly. It's, uh, yeah, you're only getting one swing on him, really. One swing per in activation. melee. You can shoot. You can shoot him as much as you want, as long as he's not in stealth well, he's range. Jumping <laughs> out. What are you gonna do? Zip it up. Um. Yeah, he's good. I mean, I know people say he's overpriced and stuff like that. Um. I don't know. He's he scores me points all the damn time. So I I don't. Yeah, if I'm I, playing Zip, I'm dropping him. I don't get the whole overpriced thing. He's not. He's he's, mean, he's nine dude. points, but he he's your junior master. It's like you're bringing his double master, but you know for a discount. Yeah, I mean, but he's good. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I got a I got a spicy list that I want to try uh, into your Ivan crew just to see how it goes. Sounds good. I will be. Um, uh, reorganizing my house so i'll need you to come over and help me move some stuff and then play some alpha yeah man okay so ivan 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 chris i hate to tell you i've been talking to some people they think he's first on the chopping block to get nerfed well nexus should be first on the chopping block to get nerfed but you know whatever whatever i'll deal with it and then i'll go to the next op faction no i like explorers i'll stick with explorers it'll be fun so let me ask you this. What do you like about the explorers that you weren't getting from your resers? Because you were you were pretty reser heavy there for a while. Yeah, so resers are too much of a glass cannon. They kind of have one shtick across the board. They're just glass cannons. Whereas uh, explorers, you, you kind of have to, to dig a little bit deep for different uh, interactions within, you know, within the faction. So they're a lot more synergistic. Okay. And that kind of makes sense. You definitely like that kind of play style. Yeah, I like I like setting up the dominoes and hitting them over and letting them all fall down. Yeah. It, it's kind of like this weird machine, and then sometimes it blows up in your face. Oh, it blows up my face quite often. <laughs> interesting, interesting. So Absolutely. I don't know. Is it, looking at Captain Con coming up, is there – is there any crews in your bag that you're looking to not bring because you're like, oh, I'm not going to play those? Uh, so, you know, it's actually, it's funny that you say that because I was a diehard Cooper. I'm not really impressed with them, but I really like his new iteration, especially when it comes with Calypso and Beeb. Um, yep. It's good. Like he's good. Uh, and he's got a lot of board control, which is, pretty good yeah calypso and bb are definitely a, a problem i was actually thinking about we need to do a game there's some anti like ivan tech that i think you need to definitely consider um because i was looking at the free core and they have like gravity well and stuff so i was like ooh, gravity well kind of screws uh ivan over a little bit there that sounds like yeah that's not, that yeah absolutely so there was gravity well and i was like oh and then if you're playing you know, free core, and you think he's going to drop Calypso and BB, just bring one of the uh, obliteration models and, you know, attack him while he's buried and stuff. So it, it definitely, there are some factions where I'm just like, man, 
I wish I had some of those tools in Bayou to deal with some of this crap, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, out, outcasts and uh, guilds are no Calypso B. You just don't don't bring them. Yeah, yeah. I guess Bayou's just gonna have to ram their heads against these stupid metal and shadowy people and run for their lives. Yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, so they finally released the uh, packets for both the team tournament and the uh, and the regular tournament. So. No, I, actually, I just checked online. He has not released it for the uh, the MCCI yet. Okay, well, he's he's close to doing it, so I think he had to add something maybe into the bottom part of it, but he, it should be released probably by the time this podcast comes out. But the, I, I will say the pools, because I've been talking to Jesse and helping him kind of give him some feedback on them, the pools are pretty well balanced. There's not anything too crazy on there where it's like, Oh man, this is going to be super easy. It's pretty. Yeah, pretty well I noticed. Balanced. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed that on the uh, the two day tournament, the the booty booty and plunder tournament. I noticed yeah. how uh, open the pools were to uh, you know a couple of different aspects of you know different a bunch of different factions and crews, and I really like that. They're they're it's not like a you know I'm going to bring Zip. He's perfect dropping into this. He's going to counter everything. Like in the past tournaments that we've gone to, it's just like, I'm sitting here like, what the hell am I supposed to drop? You know, you're going to drop yeah. Zip. Yeah, there are some pools where it's like just too, it's too obvious which direction you can go. Um, I it, The pool seems to synergize a little bit better um, to, I think, Jesse did a good job of looking where the engagements will probably happen with the strat on those boards and picking schemes that would go well and would create some really interesting engagements at certain points in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I was definitely impressed. We're definitely going to get more games in practice up for Captain Con. Um, even though we got to wear masks to the dang thing, we're definitely excited to see people. And um, let's just say if there's a party in my hotel room, it'll be mask-free. <laughs> <laughs> If you know what I mean. I do. I know what you mean. The no pants party? Yep. Good. All right. So with that being said, though, Chris, is there anything else you want to share? Nope. I'm good. All right. Well, until next time, folks, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we will see you all next time. Bye.